everyone, we're back this week. Three Dudes with Booze, episode seven. That's right, lucky number seven. As always, I'm Steven, alongside EJ and Matt. Hey guys, how are you? What up, dude? Yo. Yo. So guys, this week we're discussing laughter during tough times. And as always, we'll go into that after we do our segment titled Drinks of the Week. Okay, so this week I'll let Matt go first because why not? This week I have a beer by Saloon Door Brewing. It's called Fluffy Nuts. It's got a squirrel on the can. It looks really fucking awesome. And uh, it's a peanut butter and marshmallow imperial cream ale. Um, and it, the taste on this thing is really crazy. It's uh, It really does taste like what they say it's supposed to taste like. Like fluffy nuts? It's, uh, it, you definitely taste the peanut butter. And then it's it's got like um, kind of like the bitter, almost like an IPA type finish to it so it tastes like marshmallows and peanut butter it does it, it tastes like a fluffer peanut butter, butter peanut butter maybe a little bit of marshmallows maybe a little bit like cream soda it's really good that's pretty dope what are you drinking steve-o oh man so this week i'm really happy with my drink and i want to kind of set the scene on how i found this so i was at trader joe's and, you know, of course, I walked in, walked past the fruit, walked past the veggies, um, you know, went down to the uh, candy aisle and the aisle and the carbs aisle, which is, you know, pasta, whatever else you, you might imagine. And finally, got to the beer, the beer section and Trader Joe's, if you guys listening might not know, you can actually pick single bottles and cans and make your own six pack. And so I was kind of browsing and I found a beer that's actually a collaboration between stone brewing and modern times which are both san diego breweries it's a beer called wizards and gargoyles and it's a hazy coffee ipa now i was at first i was kind of like well that combo sounds not quite like it's gonna work or at least taste right but i said hey you know what it sounds interesting i'm gonna give it a shot so i picked one up i have to say it's it's pretty darn good. So, of course, um, being a hazy IPA, there's definitely a citrus element to it. Um, I'd say grapefruit, kind of melon, mango type initial taste. But then when you finish it, the coffee really, uh, you know, is there. And you have a, have a really nice coffee um, back end. And uh, it just goes really well together. Um, I have to say, I, you know, I'm not quite sure they made it work but uh i'm a fan and uh pretty darn good beer um uh, i'll be up till 2 a.m tonight but hey i guess the price you pay for a uh, good beer that sounds pretty dope you but ej say. what are you drinking well today i am drinking a beer from boulevard out of uh kansas city missouri um i'm having something from their smokestack series uh, so it's the special release. Um, it's called Funkier Pumpkin. It's a spiced sour L with Brett coming in at 8.5%. So 
keeping on our little pumpkin kick that we had going, but it's a spice sour, which I had never had before. Uh, it's pretty hazy, uh, light in color. It's got a little thin white head, nothing crazy. Um, pumpkin spice aroma and flavor, and it's pretty bready and malty, but then it's got that like funk from the bread and definitely a little bit of that acid from the uh sour it's it's something that i would pick up and try again it's really cool and it's a bomber so i get to drink a little bit of it nice so also i found this at the corner store by my house and everybody should go visit this corner store which as of right now i am calling food store because that's all it says above it sweet yeah you, i'll be so there tomorrow pretty stacked so uh it's dope when I'm in town next, I'll definitely stop by. Before we get into the topic of the week, let me just say that I drank an eggnog latte today from Starbucks. Dude, oh, shit. It it's out? Yeah, it is. It tasted like shit, though. I, I don't think the late, the girl made it right. Oh, it just didn't taste good. <laughs> That's a down. <laughs> I got to say, so since we've been on this kick on Starbucks, so should we just do a Starbucks drink of the week as well on this <laughs> show? <laughs> So I don't drink Starbucks every week. <laughs> I went back <laughs> and had the uh, the pumpkin spice latte because I remember telling everybody that it was sweet, and Matt was like, eh, "It's not really that sweet. I don't know what you're talking about." You said it wasn't as sweet as you remembered, Stephen. And I went in and had another pumpkin spice latte, and it was sweet. So either I am over two, or something's going on to where you guys are getting. The dry PSLs that I want. Well, I've only had it once in my life, so I am going to try it before they're before they're gone this year. I'm going to try another one and see if it's sweet or not. Steven, because I was expecting it one? to be sweet, and it was really wasn't. Not yet, but I'm going to do the same as Matt. Probably this next week, I'll get one. All right. You know. I don't think I'll get a third. I'll go ahead and let you guys just tell me if it was sweet or not. Let us. Let us try it first. I'm I'm over it. I might go get me a <laughs> what is it? The eggnog latte? Yeah, eggnog. Yeah. Oh, I got man. that because of Steven. <laughs> that Actually, sounds gnarly to me. I'm gonna get one next week too. Probably both of them. PSL on the eggnog eggnog latte. At the and, same time. Uh, hell yeah. And then you're gonna puke. Two for one. Um. Yeah, they had they had a bunch of different like holiday ones. They had like a chestnut praline. Chestnut Which, praline. Like, it sounds really sweet. It could be good, though. What do you call it? In caramel brulee was on the menu as well. That's, yeah. Caramel brulee. Why don't they just call it creme brulee? I don't know. That's what they called it. You know what's delicious? Those uh, those crappy creamers that you buy in the grocery store. I, they're like Continental brand or whatever. They have like French mm-hmm. vanilla or whatever, and it's got a shelf life of like a year. Like, there's clearly yeah. no dairy in there, but they are delicious. <laughs> I never, I don't know, I don't ever use those. No, neither do I. But when I have, I'm like, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> I mean, I've used like different brands with the same the same idea of like the shelf creamer. They're pretty good. Yeah, they shouldn't be though. I feel like I should hate them. You probably should. Yeah, I probably should. Oh, actually, what's cool is uh, some some like places, I guess corner stores with the nicer ones, they have a coffee station, but they have like the the push creamer 
machines like you push a button and it just spurts up <laughs> damn it and um pretty sure you have to pay extra for that though right and the point Walk being, free bud i know what our closing quote is tonight sometimes you gotta jerk with it a bit before the cream comes out <laughs> anyway so this is a nice segue into our main show which is going to be Laughter during tough times. And really this came about, EJ and Matt and I were talking, and we just thought, look, you know, it's 2020, right? It's been a year to remember for not good reasons. I mean, of course, COVID-19, the election, people are just feeling kind of down and, you know, not the highest of spirits. But I think it's important to remember that it's you know important and good to laugh and it's important to find things whether it's you know comedians movies tv shows that make you laugh and to really you know while people are busy in their daily lives just stop and you know find that laughter wherever it might come from and so right now in this show we're going to just talk about things that you know the three of us i think find funny or have seen before and you know kind of put into that funny category um and initially when we thought about this idea i kind of thought about comedians because i mean i love comedy um i love people that do comedy and um yeah i just i think we start there and i don't know i feel like a lot of times people of course say oh my favorite so and so or this and that and i think i have many favorites and just i enjoy many different comedians and i think one that sticks out for me and actually, I think I knew of him through EJ at one point back when we were, you know, younger and uh, p- playing music a lot more. His name is Mitch Hedberg. Man, that guy's funny, dude. Like, you talk about material that's kind of just everyday material. It's just everyday life, but it's just the way he portrays it is just so funny. I mean, it's the quick little witty one-liners. I yeah. Mean, a, a duck's opinion of you is valued on how much bread you have. That's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I remember finding Hedberg, and like I think he's only got a few albums out because unfortunately he uh, took his life early on. Right. Um, but uh, I I want to say he's only got like four albums or something like that. But uh, you can still find some of his stuff on YouTube. That dude was funny, and he just was very outside of the box. He was one of those guys that would he I, I guess his comedy was kind of like a misdirection style. You would think that he was going one direction, and then all of a sudden the joke would like end up somewhere completely different, and it was it was pretty great, but yeah, it was it was very dry, like one liners, short stories, things like that. Yeah, and apparently, so apparently he was kind of a shy guy because on stage he would wear like rose tinted glasses to try and like so that he wouldn't see the audience so much. So yeah, it, I, I just enjoyed how he was kind of a quieter guy and like he didn't have to be so so loud and so like you know larger than life like a lot of comedians are he was kind of himself like but, cat yeah you know <laughs> like that or like um i don't know just other, other guys who are just kind of so loud and boisterous. kennison yeah, yeah definitely kennison <laughs> um i mean those guys are definitely funny yeah they're really funny but yeah. uh yeah you're right he, he kind of was a little a little more quiet yeah, but still funny and still, like, I think he still reached his audience, which, which is pretty cool. But, I mean, yeah, really, like, I could go on about 
other comedians that I like. What style of comedy do you like? Are you are you partial to one style over another, or do you like? I guess for me, I I think I definitely love deadpan. Um, I definitely love I definitely like observational comedy. I I guess I would say like I'm more into one liners versus like larger long setups. Long setups. Um, like a couple guys come to mind. Of course, of course, Hedberg, uh, Stephen Wright. Here's an interesting interesting person. So. I wouldn't say that I ever was like, I ever laughed at Seinfeld stuff per se, but I thought he was kind of, for, for back in the 90s, you know, when he was big, I think he, for what he was, he was pretty good. But I mean, he was more just, you know, like observational, like everyday life. Right. Kind of finding the simple things, which I think are, it's still pretty interesting and, and witty, but I was never like a huge gut busting fan of his. Yeah. No, he never he never laid me out laughing. But but you know, I'm I'm a bigger fan of like the the storytellers. I really like the uh guys and I I I got to say I like it kind of raunchy too. I'm right. I'm a fan of like, you know, the Jim Jeffries or uh Jim Norton uh all the gems, I guess. Um but uh I I I like that that storytelling because it's I don't know. It just it, even even like Louis C.K. It, yeah, they they all tell like this kind of darker side, but it's a darker side that everybody has, so it's semi relatable. You know, it's it's thoughts that people have, but are too scared to talk about, or too like, you know, they're just not gonna talk about it. But those thoughts are there. Yeah, yeah, and I think Louis C.K. was kind of the first like because he's more storytelling in the way, right? So. I think he was one of the first storytellers that, that I actually kind of got into a lot more than, than others. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's definitely for, for me, he's, he's definitely up there, even though he's gone through some, you know, things, but yeah. Turmoil I guess, recently. I definitely like more of like a dry style of humor. Um, and like, I guess comics, if they can like properly set something up and do callbacks to it later, that's kind of, kind of funny when they do I, that. I do like that. Like, uh, I think like some of the best com like comedians and some of the best things that I've seen even recently on Netflix, it's like their first joke is also their last joke. And it's like 45 mm -hmm. minutes of this long circle to get to that punchline for that last joke. And it's, it's just yeah. smart writing. It's almost like having an inside joke with the audience or something, you know, something right. like that where you, where you call back to it. Yeah. Yeah. But as far yeah. as like specific comedians, I, I don't really, you know, you know, I listen who, to a lot, so I don't know if I feel comfortable, you know, saying like, "Oh, here's here's who I like and who I don't like." Right. You know who's who's been really fucking funny that I've been watching um, her her show uh, during the pandemic, which it kind of relates my field as well as comedy was the uh, the new the new uh, show Amy Schumer learns to cook. That is really fucking funny. She is a great comedian, <laughs> and I just feel like she's always funny. She's just always on. And it's for those of you who haven't seen it, it's basically her and her husband um, cooking from home, uh, doing a show. Her husband's a chef, and her chef husband is showing her how to do basic cooking techniques and things like that. But it's it, with her personality, and it's fucking funny. I do recommend it. I think it even won like a. Uh, What's what's the TV awards? Those are the Emmys. I think so. Golden Globe yeah. or Emmy, Emmys? Yeah, yeah, Emmy. It yeah. won. It won an Emmy. 
But uh, <laughs> it's it's definitely fucking funny. Yeah, I think it comes out at like eleven o'clock at list. night for Food Network, but it's it's like the Adult Swim of the Food Network channel. <laughs> nice. Well, I, I do want to mention before we kind of turn topics over to to TV. I, I wanted to mention uh, there's another comedian that I wouldn't say like again like you know I, I think people tend to be cliche and say oh my favorites are this and that but uh i, I will say that greg giraldo i i like him he's funny like greg giraldo is funny unfortunately unfortunately he passed away but um he was funny like i think he was original um he was pretty sharp on, on, off the cuff and uh i i think i knew of him initially through the the, the comedy central roasts and, and then <laughs> yeah. from there like I those roasts him. are great dude dude they're crazy man <laughs> There's been so many comedians that like stand-up comedians that have passed away in our lifetime that it, it just fucking sucks. Bernie Mac even. Dude, yeah. Yeah. Um Ralphie May. God. Ralphie May was fucking funny. From Houston too, right? I think he was, yeah. Yeah. Um Oh, you know who I really fucking liked that died was uh Patrice O'Neill. Oh yeah. Patrice O'Neill was fucking funny another storyteller another raunchy guy he he was so i used to listen to this show on uh xm radio called opie and opie and anthony and there were tons of comedians that would come on that show like like jim jeffries was one of them um uh jim norton was a regular on the show there were just all kinds of rich foss was another one that was on there all the time and it really opened my eyes to that scene of comedy. Louis C.K. was one as well. And and then Louis got super big. And then, uh, yeah, that that's that really opened my eyes to a lot of comedy. But Patrice O'Neill was on there all the time, and I really enjoyed all of his specials. Yeah, and also, I know he was um, he was an actor on The Office for a couple of seasons. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so I guess I wanted to turn to... Um, to kind of TV comedy. And um, I mean, nowadays I don't really watch anything new. So I'm going to have a lot of, a lot of older references to like late nineties, early two thousands TV shows. Uh, I'll let EJ start on his. Well, I, I don't think you can mention TV comedy without mentioning, you know, the Simpsons. Right. Um, and that's not just, you know, the show it's the writers that came from it. I, I was, you know, I just read this whole entire thing. I think it was on Reddit, but it was about the monorail episode, which is, <laughs> you know, revered as one of the, or, or revered as the funniest episode. I think it's like season four. Um, but the entire thing, even the songs were written by Conan O'Brien, who is still, I feel like super fucking funny and relevant. Yeah, he is. He was, he was screwed over by NBC, but he's, He's always been really funny, dude. I, I I think he's he's been one of the funniest ones out there. Now, I mean, I will always be a Letterman fan. Um, Me too. I was always Letterman over Leno. Um, Me too. <laughs> Letterman, I just feel like his his observations and his the just the way he would deliver lines, the way he would conduct interviews, even the interviews that he's got. What what what's the show that he's got right now? Tori interviews everybody. Ooh, I haven't seen that. Oh fuck! Probably need to check it out. It's great, yeah. And he's got a hell of a beard right now. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, but he even like interviews like Barack Obama and guys like that. 
Um, That's cool. But his interview style was always, it, it wasn't just, you know, question, answer, question, answer. He would get involved with his guests in a very funny way. Like he would take some of the most boring guests and turn it into a really great interview, <laughs> uh, which I feel like Conan O'Brien has the ability to do as well. Yeah, definitely. Back to like initially, I guess our you know comedian, my comedian comments. I feel like you, you also can't mention TV comedy without mentioning Seinfeld, Seinfeld, the TV show. But again, I feel like I was never like I enjoyed Seinfeld and it was a cool show and I think you know obviously this show, the show about nothing right so to take that and make it into a show that lasted what like 10 seasons pretty amazing but um was it only 10 seasons i think it was i have to fact check i have to you check, should check probably fact check that yeah if i recall they could have kept going longer you know it's just they, they ran out of ideas afford to pay the salaries no i think they just couldn't afford to pay the salaries that the all the, the Seinfeld was the highest paid comedian or tv actor of the time yeah, I think at some point they were just like, yeah, no, we can't afford to pay you guys more than we're paying you now. So, Dang. So actually it was like nine seasons. Nine seasons, yeah. and then they were like, bitch, George Costanza, you cannot make this much. But, that, but <laughs> the thing about the show is that I was – like I never laughed you know, out loud per se, but I, I did – it was funny though, you know? And uh, I feel like the 90s and uh, even now people, people still reference it, and it's still a big part of – comedy and you know tv shows for sure sitcoms but yeah besides that i mean like i said i don't watch too much what what was okay favorite sitcom of all time favorite favorite sitcom of all time that's a hard that's a hard question gotta be a true sitcom though it's hard because i'm sure there's a really good one i just it's just not at the top of my head you know what's what's the one at the top of your head right now let me look up a list of sitcoms when you say like (laughs) true like, what do you mean by true sitcom? Like, it's got to be like a real fucking sitcom. It can't be like one of the sitcom parodies or anything like that. Okay. There's only one answer. It's dinosaurs. <laughs> <The baby. laughs> oh, hell yeah. Um, I'm just kidding. I don't know, man. There, there's so many. What's what's the best? I'm looking at a list of the best sitcoms and the Simpsons is on there. Can I say the Simpsons? You can. Sure. If you say that's the best, yeah. So, uh... Frasier. I used to always watch Frasier. That was good. So and, uh, comedy I wouldn't TV. say that's like the I wouldn't say that's the best one ever, but uh, uh, that 70s show, that was good too. So oh, that 70s got... show was good. You know what was bad? That 80s show. Yeah, I think it lasted a season. Did it? I did it watch that long. I did watch that show. I remember it. So yeah. I gotta be the guy here to kind of piss off EJ and say Gilligan's Island. Fuck, dude. <laughs> really? I want you to tell me what the best episode of Gilligan's Island was. The one where they try and get off the island, but they they don't make it. That's every fucking episode, (laughs) asshole. (laughs) I mean, it's been a while since I've seen the show, so. It's been a while since anybody's seen the show because stupid fucking telephone coconuts. Fuck off. Dude, in like the 70s, whenever that was airing, it was that was novelty TV, man. Novel TV. Novelty TV? (laughs) I'm going to go with the Golden Girls. Oh, dude, I like me some Golden Girls. Thank you for yeah, being a friend. Funny, to be honest, wait, EJ, give us yours. I liked, I like Cheers a lot. No, no Cheers fans. Okay, Cheers I mean, was good. I, I haven't good. seen like that many episodes. I guess one of my favorites though was uh, All in the Family. 
I was I was a big all in the family. It, was, it used to come on late at night when I was, you know, growing up. Um, clearly reruns, but it was all in the family and uh, Sanford and Son. Damn, okay. which Red Fox was fucking hilarious on Sanford and Son. Always having those heart attacks. This is the big <laughs> one. Here it comes. All right. Yeah, I can respect that. And also, I I mean, I feel like this is a sitcom. Maybe I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. Were you guys into Curb Your Enthusiasm? Me, not so much. Uh, no, but only because I really haven't watched it. Yeah. Larry David's funny. I, I've heard it's it's hilarious. Yeah. And I, I, I think I would like that comedy style. I just have never gotten around to watching it. I'm going to take uh, Curb because I don't think it was necessary. I, be, I, I feel like it's got to have like a studio audience. What what defines I'll say one that I what defines a sitcom? I don't know. Oh, is it just a thirty minute comedy that's on TV that with live action or not? I mean, it's, it used to be like a I live so. studio audience, but yeah, I don't I don't think that has to be a live audience. I think it's just like when I think of a sitcom, though, I do I do think of like the thirty minute like, studio audience, like a broadcast television, Home you know, Improvement, one of those. Yeah. Uh, that's one that I used to watch. Family Matters, uh, mm-hmm. Step by Step. Oh wow! Cosby yeah. Show. Cosby Show. I thought also it has to be like a like a season based multi multi episode show, yeah. right? Yeah, I would think yeah. so. Yeah. Let's see. Everybody loves Raymond. That was one I never really watched, though. It was okay. Full House. So I gotta say, like, Steven's a huge Full House fan. Uh, only when I'm playing cards, boys. Um. <laughs> Speaking of favorite comedians, Steven, I mean, my favorite stand-up comedian. Well, you know. Steven, you've done a bunch of s- sets of stand-up. You know, what's it not like? A, not a bunch, but a few, you know. What's it like? What's it like being up there doing stand-up when you're um, by yourself? I mean, I've been on stage with a band. And there's other people that can cover up for your mistakes and like there's more attention than just on you. So what's it like being the only person on stage doing stand-up? I've done it's, it like twice in my life, but you've done it a bunch of times. Yeah, it's, it's it's kind of a really like unique feeling. So the first time I did stand-up, I actually was in Houston, right? And actually at Rudyard's. And I um I remember like before the show, like I, I was there early watching the other comedians perform. I had like six beers. I had a buzz going. I was like, okay, this is great. Like I'm, I'm kind of buzzed. Get up there. But like I got up there and like the lights are in my face and like you see people are in the crowd and like instantly I, I was sober again. <laughs> and I was like, oh crap, this is uh, this is real, right? <laughs> did you bomb your first time? Actually, no, I did, I did okay. Um, but I don't know, man. It's kind of like a, I mean, it's thrilling. Like it's a thrill to be up there and like knowing that like, you either, you're either going to like sink or swim based on how you perform and you know your, your jokes. I think it's obviously you know like doing open, open mics are different because people expect comedians not to be like 100% you know amazing because they're they're open mics and they're more just to kind of get, get out there and get exposure and tell your jokes. But um yeah, it's thrilling man. It's it's kind of just a unique feeling and uh if you do well and if you do your set the way you want to do it. It's you feel great if you bomb, which I had before. It's terrible. You you feel kind of crappy. You, but you go home, you tweak your jokes, and you get back up there. So and, the last time, the last time I saw you perform, wow, really? 
Uh, can I tell this story? Am I no. allowed to? Yeah, well, I'm going to. So the last time I saw Steven perform, um, we may or may not have been drinking all day. And then he says he's going to do a set at this place that's doing open mic comedy, which we, I think we stumbled upon. We didn't even know they were doing open mic comedy. We just ended up there. Yeah, pretty much. And Steven says he's going to do his set, <laughs> but he hadn't practiced in about three or four months. Uh, yeah, a while. So we sit around and we have a couple more beers. Pretty much. Um, and Steven gets on stage and he tells a joke about California and we're in California <laughs> and somebody says, Hey, I'm from California. And then Steven <laughs> immediately looks at the person and goes, where are you from? <laughs> and they say, they say like some, some place in San Diego, I can't remember where, but it was some, some neighborhood in San Diego. Steven steps off the stage with the mic in hand, <laughs> puts his arm around the person and says, tell me about it. It was the fucking funniest thing I had ever seen in my life. Like, just tell me about it. And then the person just shuts up. He gets back on stage. He looks at the nearest person to the stage, points at him, and goes, where are you from? The person says where they were from. He steps off the stage, puts his arm around the person, and goes, tell me about it. I thought it was fucking genius. Turns out he was just drunk. I was trying to channel my Andy Kaufman, you know? I totally thought it was a Kaufman moment at the time. I thought you were going <laughs> to fucking open up a book and read it. <laughs> but to wrap it up, it, it's definitely, you know, sometimes you strike gold and sometimes you strike, you know, the Diamonds. mic in your hand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, hey, you, you know, you, I guess you live and you learn and, get, and you get back up there and you get your pad, your writing pad, and you write some more jokes. So, um. There you have it. But yeah, so oh, I have to say, guys, so before we end this this segment for TV comedies, I have to say the one show that like a 2000 and then up uh sitcom is uh It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And dude, that show, like I, I love that show. That's a great show. It's it's really well written. Good talk. We should uh indeed we should mention a show that's been around since we were in middle school and still still going, South Park. Oh. South Park's not really a sitcom, I, though. Well, we're talking about, like, comedy shows. How yeah, I guess, so. I guess so. So as a comedy show in general, I, Dude, that's I, been around I think it's still good. Before I, we were in middle school. That was around, like, when we were in elementary. Maybe so, yeah. It's uh, it's still going. I, I catch an episode every now and then, and it's Is still, it still pretty funny. Good. I still like their... Yeah. They, I like their their style. Which is kind of like make make fun of everybody. <laughs> yeah, nobody's safe. It's like, yeah, nobody is safe. Exactly. I think. I mean, they even make fun of themselves. Yeah, which is it's always good. Yeah, they don't aim their jokes at any like in any particular direction. They just make fun of like anyone and everyone. No, it's like they a call everyone on their shit. You spray everybody. Yeah. <laughs> you know something else that we've talked about before on this show. That if we're talking comedy on TV, I think I feel like we have to bring up Saturday Night Live again. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, we've we've talked about it, and you can go back and listen to I believe it's episode two or three, and hear our opinion on that. Please listen to it, Spotify, uh, Anchor, or Google Apple Podcasts. now, Google yeah, Podcasts Apple as well. Podcast. We're everywhere. Do your, go. We're, we're assigning you homework. We're in go your house. 
Um, hey guys, so before we go on to our third subcategory, how about Campari? Ooh, I would like to come party. Yeah. Chin chin. Matt. All right. Cheers. Clack boys. Yep. Definitely still delicious. Campari chased by Topo Chico grapefruit flavor. Wow. Magic. What would you think about mixing them? I mean, you got like the bitter grapefruit and then. No, it'd probably be delicious. It would be really fucking good. Bitter Campari. It'd be a little. It just tastes like Campari, just a little bit watered down, a little bit. A little spritzer. Yeah. It'd be good. It'd be delicious. I think you found your next cocktail. TV shows, comedians, and you got to talk about movies, you know, comedy movies. And uh, this one for me is sort of difficult to. to pinpoint because I mean I feel like I love many movies um, and so to kind of pinpoint the ones that I find really funny it's going to be a little hard but um, you know I'll, I'll try uh, but I think initially should we do should, you, let's do let's do funny movies past and present ooh okay past being ones we grew up on I like it what were some of your definitive comedy movies that you grew up on? Some of the ones that you watched over and over again. Yeah, so I was going to say, if you want to think about it, I'll I'll start because I, sure. as we were starting this, I I kind of started writing down some ideas of movies that not aren't necessarily like the biggest, you know, ones that everybody loved, but ones that specifically I I kind of remember as being like the ones comedy that, movies that ones that spoke that really to you resonated with me. Yeah. Um, so that would be starting with Grandma's Boy. God, I was hoping Love you would that say movie. that first. <laughs> Love that movie. I can't tell you how many times we've watched that and how stoned we've been while watching it. <laughs> Back in the the college age, fuck, dude, days, we were early twenties, so ripping stoned and drink so mm-hmm. many natural lights or keystones, beer pong, and oh my god, we would smoke weed out of a hookah and watch that. Like mm-hmm. we're talking like first, two to three times a play, week. Probably play Guitar Hero for for a couple hours and then move on to <laughs> move on to Grandma's, Grandma's Boy. Boy. It was always Grandma's Boy too. Yeah, like it's a fucking good movie, and it never gets old. I, like I'm I not still someone have it who on watches DVD. movies. Yeah, I'm not someone who watches the same thing over and over. But that was one that it really never got old for. Play me. my head, monkey. <laughs> <laughs> drive, monkey, drive. <laughs> Dude, that did, um, that 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 was definitely one that we watched. It, it's got to be in the hundreds. Every once in a while, it'll come on TV, and I'll I'll watch it. I will not change the channel. I was like, oh, Grandma's boy, I'm watching. I that. don't know what the fuck you are, but I will eat you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll say that uh, the next one, and this was a pretty popular one, but Super Troopers, love that movie too. I had um, the poster on my wall. I don't know if you remember that. Yes, you did. Yeah. The movie did poster. it have Johnny Chimpo? <laughs> it did have Johnny Chimpo on there. And then another, the next one is one that maybe wasn't so popular, but one that I really like, and that's Idiocracy, Mike Judge movie, and it, it kind of like I don't know. It's very relevant right things. now. I feel like <laughs> you see I, the the direction some things are going, and it's like wow, like that's didn't even take a thousand years. F- fucking Hank Hill there. was right. <laughs> um. Another one is Borat. Um, Did you watch the new one? Just, I've seen the first half. I still need to watch the second half of the movie. I've heard. I've heard that it's all right. 
Yeah, so far after I don't want to give like a final review after only seeing half, but it it was it was funny, but not as just laugh out loud funny as as Borat. I remember watching Borat and just just could not stop laughing. Yeah, just like the funniest shit you ever seen, dude. Sasha Baron Cohen is a fucking genius. I'm sorry, he's he's no, he really is. fucking smart. He's really fucking funny, and he's a great actor. He is. I've heard that he he gets very very into the characters he's playing to where he like will not break character for like weeks. Or something very Jim like Carrey. That. Speaking of Jim and Carrey, then, Dumb and Dumber was a fucking great movie. Dude, yeah, that was a good movie. Yeah. Go on, Matt. What were we gonna say next? Um, I guess the last one I'll I'll say was Team America: World Police. That was a really good movie. <laughs> That was another one that I just remember seeing in the theater, and I could not stop laughing. Yeah, well, that was a uh, a fighting scene. Yeah, that was pretty great. When the when the theme song played for the first time, like <laughs> America, fuck yeah, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> and it was that, that's also like time and place too, because when did that come out? Like two thousand six, two thousand five, something like that. Yeah, probably. It might have even been before that. I'm gonna I'm gonna fact check myself, but I feel like it was like I want to say it came out in like 2005, like right after George Bush put us into the Iraq War, yeah. and it was like super on point. Right, that right at the time because people were saying things like you know we're not gonna say French fries, we're gonna say freedom fries, and people were freedom like fries, overly yeah. patriotic. Yes, yeah, so everything was like. Liberty, freedom. Yeah. 2004. Right the year that we went into that war. We went in, so we went in was, what? No, we, was, I guess we went in 2002. I feel but, like if you if you had a, someone younger watch it for the first time these days, they, it, it wouldn't be the they, same. Well, I don't know. They might because they just went through the Trump era. They might they might get it. But they, yeah, but I don't know. I feel like things are different now. I feel like, I feel like the whole freedom liberty america thing is isn't isn't the same anymore i would agree with that so yeah so ej kind of hit on one so back when in the 90s growing up i know like i must have watched dumb and dumber like many times probably like 50 plus when it first came out um and even now i'll still watch it if it's on honestly like looking back it wasn't like so much of like a like it wasn't anything amazing, but for what it was, like Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels, it was just it was funny at the time. Like their characters and just the way that, that they played them was just good, you know. And I remember, like, yeah, I just I just always liked it. Um, and then kind of like to go back a bit, um, I think late '80s or early '90s, there's a movie that was um, it was starred John Candy called Summer Rental. Summer Rental. Yeah, and it was like. John Candy, like, man, I love John Candy. Yeah, man, me too. And uh, basically, the, the movie was about him like playing this like family man at the beach with his family for the summer, and like it's just funny, like it, it, you know, kind of t- typical John Candy, like all these like hijinks and whatever you want to call it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I just still funny. think that the two best John Candy movies of all time, Uncle Buck, yeah, and uh, Trains, Planes, and Automobiles. Dude, yeah. Those are the also his little cameo in uh, Home Alone. Yeah, where he's the leader of the polka band. Yeah, yeah. John definitely. Candy was fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like probably one, like one of my favorite actors. 
And then, I mean, honestly, oh, actually, so I guess one one that was like I think mid two thousands or like late two thousands, um, two thousand nine or so, probably uh, super bad. Super even, bad. <laughs> even though, like, that well, I mean, that was like a that wasn't two thousand nine. That was before. That was like two thousand two. Man, dang. <laughs> that I mean, go back and look at how young Seth Rogen is in that movie. That's true. He's a cop. He's but he's the junior cop on the job. Yeah. No, I was just gonna say like that was a good one too. And I remember my favorite part in the movie, or one of them is two thousand seven. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So um, I remember uh, Bill Hader's in the movie too. Like he, he plays the, the other cop. And, He's the other uh, cop. Yeah. The scene where like they pull over Seth and Seth and uh, what's the other guy's name? The act, the character Seth and um, Evan. So they they pull him over like with the gas cans. <laughs> and they're on the ground and like bill Hader has him at gunpoint or whatever that's a really good scene um but anyway yeah i mean the whole the whole, the whole movie's pretty good so they take mclovin out and they're shooting at the stop sign yeah <laughs> for me my my coming of age films were uh i mean one that i grew up watching the oldest one that i grew up watching was the blues brothers yeah i fucking love the blues brothers yeah, i still love it to one. this day it's another movie that i'll watch no matter what point it is in the movie. Um, in fact, I have the album, uh, the record, and uh, it's called like, I don't know, Fistful of Dollars, I think is the name of the album. Um, one of the big things that I grew up watching, which watching them now makes me cringe so hardcore just because they're so goofy and just like over the top, all the Adam Sandler movies, Happy yeah. Gilmore, uh, Waterboy, they were, good. They were good things like time. that. Yeah, at the time, I loved them, and I would quote them all day at school. Billy Madison, and yeah. yeah. But now watching them, I'm just like, God, <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I love this. I mean, Waterboy still holds up. I don't think it does. It really, it's good, man. You could still, I mean, Fuck, I don't know. I still think it's good. When's the last time you watched it? Uh I want to say just like a couple years ago, maybe two years ago. When was the last time you watched it? Probably a year or two ago. Probably 2001. <laughs> yeah, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure I have a VHS copy of The Water Boy somewhere. Who is the devil? <laughs> Kathy Bates, dude. Hell yeah. <laughs> that was a great role for her. Stepping outside the fried really tomatoes, you really know? Was. But coach, oh. he, he's spitting the cooler. yeah uh and then you know there were also the will ferrell movies uh stepbrothers yeah stepbrothers is one of the anchorman Anchorman. he was in he was in so many great movies like that but but, you know as far as like i said the coming of age movies of course grandma's boy like you said I, i i can't stress how important that was to us but you know uh, Grandma's Boy was a uh, Happy Gilmore production. Yep, mm-hmm. full circle. Everybody Adam that Sandler was in Adam Sandler, not in the movie, but it was he. It he was one of his, did he direct it or produce it? I, I want to say he did. That's like, his production company. Some sort of apartment. Yeah, it's his company. At least he, he. I think he would have been a producer, but um, but he would he did not appear in it. Yeah, uh, another one. For I think me. that was the point in time where Adam Sandler would not appear in anything. Any movies that like were dirty in any way, 
Remember, it was like oh yeah, he went on like for a, 10, 15 years. He completely was only making like family movies. Yeah, and they all sucked. Yeah, they he had a long stream of just shitty movies. <laughs> uh, I, another movie that I also watched quite a few times that was during that same time period in my life was uh, Orange County. Mm. That was a good one. Yeah, with uh, Jack Black and um, and uh, uh, Colin. Tom- Colin Hanks. Hey, yeah, Tom Hanks' son. Yeah. That was that was pretty pretty great. I think uh there was definitely a point in our life to where we were watching a bunch of stoner comedies. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> But those were definitely um, our party days. Yep. Yeah, I remember that was a great movie too. And actually I remembered a couple more. Did you say all the ones you were saying? Yeah, go on. I remembered a couple more. Obviously, this has come up in the past, and I know it was one that EJ loved too. It was uh, Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. That was a great comedy movie. And then another I one. I liked all those movie. Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead. Like, what? Hot Fuzz was good. Um, what Paul, was the other one? Have you seen Paul? Have what, you seen I, Paul with the Alien? I haven't. You've got to watch that. Like, it took me forever to see that, but when I finally did, I was laughing my ass off. It was like laugh out loud. Is it the same guys? Yeah, same guys, and it's got uh, Kristen Wiig in it too. Oh, I love Kristen Wiig. And it, it what was, was the other one? There was Hot Fuzz, there was Shaun of the Dead, and there was one more. It was it was almost a trilogy. Mm. They all came out like right around each other. But those guys are good. Those guys are funny. I read um, what's the uh, the actor's name? Shaun. Uh, Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg. I read his uh, autobiography. That dude's a nerd, but it's it's a great book. <laughs> He's been in Star Wars and Star Trek. He's been in a lot of stuff. He's a nerd, I'm telling you. Hot Fuzz was a weird movie. Hot Fuzz was weird. I definitely didn't like it as much as Shaun of the Dead. I think probably because I had such a high expectations, you know, after seeing Shaun of the Dead. I was like, oh, this is going to be so good. Kind of let me down a little bit. The World's End. Nick Frost. The World's End. Oh, okay. I've never seen that one. That was the trilogy. That's one of the next movies I'm going to see. Yeah, they're all directed by Edgar Wright. So, Shaun of the Dead came out in 2004. But it's got Simon Pegg and Nick Frost in it. Hot Fuzz in 2007. Nick Frost is funny, man. Oh, yeah, he is. World's in 2013. Yeah. And then you, you, gotta, you gotta go watch Paul. It came out in 2011, so you gotta see Paul. Is Nick Frost in that as well? Yeah, yep. Let's see. Um, it's called the Three, Three Flavors Coronado Trilogy. It's Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and World's End. But actually, so let me this... say one more: Napoleon yeah. Dynamite. That was oh a good yeah, one. Napoleon Dynamite was something that, like, I felt like people would never stop quoting that movie ever. <laughs> and you know what? As as far as things that people were quoting, I I don't know why we didn't mention this when we were talking about comedies on uh, TV. Uh, Chappelle Show. Mm. Yep, that was a big one. That was huge. Uh-huh. <laughs> huge yes i mean still if you if you stand around people our age and you go what people know what you're talking what? about yeah okay yeah fuck your couch yeah yeah everybody knows all those lines to round out this conversation i, I kind of wanted to bring up the point because i feel like in today's environment uh comedy and quote-unquote being funny it's kind of watered down these days. I feel like there's so much content, for example, TikTok and just other 
platforms that allow people to pretty much put out anything out, put anything out there and make it funny or try to make it funny. It's kind of watering down what I think is, you know, true comedy and, and, and true and true comedic talent. So I don't know. It's kind of concerning because who knows in five, 10 years, someone in, you know, someone in, uh, I don't know, Missouri is going to be having a TikTok and putting out videos with followers and, that's gonna be funny to people, and I just think it's gonna get lost. It's gonna get lost, you know. And uh, I mean, uh, I kind of, I kind of see what you're saying. I don't know about these Missourian, uh, well, you know, TikTokers somewhere, but uh, I, I, I kind of see what you're saying. But I don't know that it's necessarily due to technology as much as society as a whole. I think comedy is kind of having to change directions due to. I don't. I don't want to be one of those guys that's like anti-political correctness, but I think that's all, that's a lot to do with it. I mean, there are movies that we all thought were really fucking funny that they could never make again. The original Bad News Bears. You can't make that movie because of political correctness now. I know they made a remake of it, but it's not. It's not the same as the Walter Matthau Bad News Bears, to where there's eleven-year-olds drinking and cussing and smoking <laughs> cigarettes. Because you can't do that anymore. There's certain jokes that can't be made. I I don't know that it's necessarily watering down. I would say that it's more like comedy has to be approached from a different angle. Um, I mean, it was super popular in the 70s to make racist jokes in all of your uh, your shows, your TV shows on, on television. Even the Jeffersons, you know saying things like cracker and honky um there's you know episodes of cheers that were racist there were episodes of of all in the family to where they would say super racist things and then it like i said i I think it's just a different way of of seeing things like even even as far as in the late 90s early 2000s homophobia was something that was you know, the subject of jokes in TV and movies, and it's not acceptable anymore, which it shouldn't have ever really been acceptable. I don't, I don't know necessarily that it's being watered down. I think it needs to be looked at in a separate, in a, in a new light. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, I tend to agree. I guess I was talking more to more to like content that's out there. For example, I mean, people. I mean, again, in that I, guess, case, I apologize for taking that super fucking deep. <laughs> no, you're good. I'll use that. But no, it's 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 a good topic. While we're talking about comedy, yeah. you know, cancel culture is a big thing these days, and definitely a part of of, of the comedy landscape these days. Um, right, but I, 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 you, I, don't, you know, I don't, I don't think that it's even even with cancel culture, like calling it cancel culture. I feel like that's not that's to me that's not the right right way to look at it. It's like, no, you mm-hmm. should have never been homophobic. You should never have been making these racist jokes. You shouldn't have been doing that. I agree. Um, I, I agree that a, a lot of it is is definitely for the better. Like, it's kind of like growing and, and not, you know, growing as a, as a society or whatever, not making the kind of, you know, bad, bad jokes or, you know, that never really should have been done in the first place. Right. But then, of course, it in some ways it also is, mis, you know, some of it's misguided where people try and 
kind of jump on on things that really don't don't deserve to be to be called out you know you know right you've got to still be able to have some you've got to be able to poke fun at things yeah you've got to be able to poke fun at things without every single thing being but at the same time if you're making jokes at other people's expenses that are you know based on race sexual orientation Mm -hmm you know, belief. I don't think that that's necessarily right. Um, yeah, no, I agree. But you can still make jokes about touchy subjects that are not poking fun at anyone. But I think people will still just see that you're making a joke about or in regards to, to something like that. And right. Not, um, it, I, I think, I think it's almost as if you're not coming at the joke from People a don't dark always place. Understand if you're not coming wants. from it at, a, yeah. at an attacking place, yeah. If you're coming at it from a joking standpoint, I mean, it, it's it's difficult though. I mean, that's yeah. It, it, jokes can get people fired these days. Mm-hmm. Jokes can get you know people blacklisted from their jobs, from their industries. Um, so it's and usually when that happens, they deserve it though. If, right, if you're getting right. fired, you're getting blacklisted. You you really did say something that that deserves. Right. No, I I agree with you completely. If I had no, but guys, to clarify, so I was talking more about content, not so much like subject, but just content because I feel like nowadays, for real, like I, I've seen people put out just like videos of. Like, like of them eating like food or just like doing really simple, dumb stuff that people think is funny. And I don't know, is that, that that's just, a, I guess, the changing landscape of what's funny or what content is. But Tide anyway, pod. what's that? Tide Pod Challenge. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, what the hell? Um, Idiots. Well, I'll, I'll say that it, comedy this these days seems to be like, in a way, one type of comedy seems to be like random equals funny. Like anything random automatically is supposed to be funny, but I, I just don't agree with that. Like I you see commercials, that, yeah. you know, there's, there's so many commercials these days where like someone just like busts through a wall for no reason. And then that's supposed to be, are you talking about the Kool-Aid man you know, in the eighties? <laughs> no. Oh yeah. That was great. That was, that was OG. No, I just mean like, you know, there's a Geico commercial where someone just busts through a wall for no reason. And it's like, yeah. oh, that's supposed to make me want to buy insurance from you. Like, Is I, that I don't really insurance, get insurance, Matt? Uh, yes. Do you just I, bust through I, people's walls? Yeah. That's what Yo, I do. dog, buy my insurance. That's how you do it. No, I, I agree. Like, there's, there's a lot of content out there that's just pure fucking garbage. And yes, like TikTok, YouTube, they're all there. Uh, there's, there's a lot of garbage content out there. Um, I mean, hell, uh, I guess if you want to talk about something that changed in the in the comedy landscape uh, in the last few years, memes. Yeah. Memes are something that didn't exist before. But now, like, you literally see a meme every fucking couple of hours. Yeah, it's kind of sad I, in a way. Why? I feel like if we were, like, 15 years younger and we did a show about comedy, like, memes would have been the main topic. I, I think like that's, that's that's highly possible. Like what what's the latest? What's your favorite memes ever? You know, yeah. memes are such a big, big thing for. 
Well, EJ, it's kind of like I showed you that thing earlier of the. It's not so much a meme, but it's a video of, of that guy, that guy singing like counting, and kind of they're making fun of the Georgia va- ballot count. But uh, even that's like it's like our society is becoming just that. You know, it's our society correlate- is nothing but a meme. It's correlate. It's correlating important <laughs> things like elections to just like random memes or, or videos that are just stupid. You know. Yeah. It's uh yeah, but. That's life. <laughs> Memes can be hella funny, though. Yeah, I, sure. I agree. But I think it's that time again, guys. Is it that time again? Or is it that time again? Booze news. Booze, booze news. Booze news. Booze news. And this week, Matt will take us to the story. Go ahead, Matt. So, as I was uh, looking for news stories that had some sort of um, connection to alcohol, I came across a story, and this is actually out of Colorado, um, where this couple is opening Colorado's first alcohol-free bar. And apparently, this is something... Yeah, actually, maybe this is non-alcoholic news. Um, But apparently, this is something that's kind of a trend, and alcohol-free bars are starting to open and there's actually a lot of alcohol-free spirits Uh um, that are kind of gaining traction. It it was kind of eye-opening to me that there's like different types of alcohol-free spirits. Like um, you can get gin and even like rum that are alcohol-free. Yeah. Um, So, this is a zero-proof bar slash coffee shop slash alcohol-free bottle shop. And they're trying to create like a bar-type atmosphere, but without alcohol. And they're going to also have a bottle shop where they're selling the different types of like alcohol-free spirits. So that uh, apparently they're starting to sell these in liquor stores. So they're saying like that way people who are like former alcoholics, recovering alcoholics, they don't have to go into a liquor store in order to get these, these things. Right. Um, I mean, I guess my reaction is, I mean, isn't an alcohol free bar just like a coffee shop, (laughs) but (laughs) that was kind of my first thought. It's like, okay, so it's a coffee shop, but I guess they do are going to have cocktails and things like that. Like designer cocktails made with, made with these, um, not not spirits, I guess, but that's that's kind of, that was eye opening to me. I didn't know any of this really existed. St- Stephen, I'm, I, I've got a lot to say about this, but Stephen, do you want to go ahead and talk before I jump in and just go off? This is weird. Um, <laughs> so it's gonna be like a soda fountain place or what? Uh, yeah, I just sound. I mean, I guess I can see the idea of trying to like simulate a bar environment but i mean i don't think you can do it properly because it, it, you just need to have i i feel like personally i want to have like the option of you know beer or cocktails or liquor um and yeah i think like matt was saying like if you're not doing that if you're not providing alcohol it's pretty much just like a coffee shop or a restaurant um yeah i, I don't know i mean Maybe there's the juice a market. bar. <laughs> yeah, juice bar. It's like maybe there's a market for it, but yeah, I don't see like I think the people that would go wouldn't go like 
so much at night or in the evening. I mean, they they probably go earlier in the day. So yeah, I mean, I'm not sure I see the the value here, but uh, yeah, just really weird. Before you start, EJ, I feel like maybe it's people who want to feel like create you know, like f- make themselves feel like they're going to a bar and they're being you know they're doing cool things like going to bars, but at the same time, they're, they're, it's really it's it's really not that. Yeah. Um, but maybe you know if it's if it's um, recovering alcoholics or something like that, and they maybe. That it lets them kind of feel like they're going to bars without actually being around alcohol. Maybe that could be a good thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, I would agree with that. Um, I will say though, I have seen like an, an uptake in, um, I guess in more like non-alcoholic beers around. So maybe, maybe that's a, a new, or maybe that's kind of trending to more of, the demand um but again i mean personally i i would still want a beer um but that, that's me i would never drink a non-alcoholic beer either yeah. i'm gonna drink a beer with alcohol or i'll drink something else i'll drink a soda you know? yeah exactly <laughs> i'll drink a topo chico dude actually this is my last thing I'll, I'll let ej go but i've actually gotten into um so i stopped i stopped drinking diet soda i switched to sparkling water and dude it's so much like it's actually pretty fulfilling so i'm yeah. into sparkling water i love it i'm, yeah, I'm drinking yeah, I like fucking it. like i said i'm drinking the grapefruit topo chico right now i'm i'm a topo chico fanatic okay so here's what i have to say about this so it's this is actually part of a trend that i've watched in the restaurant community um coming for a while it started with adding like a, a lot of restaurants were adding one or two non-alcoholic beverages to their cocktail menu um, a lot of the times it was for people that were at lunch that, you know, were at a business lunch and didn't necessarily want to get a cocktail, but didn't want to just drink the standard iced tea or whatever, and then go back to the office. So they would get a mocktail. Um, and then it kind of turned into this thing to where it was, uh, you know, there's, there's all these movements of taking like, you know, a month sobriety or uh, these six months cleanse or things like that to where people are, are, are withstanding from alcohol for a little while. Um, it's a huge trend. It's a giant, giant trend right now. I've had some of these uh, non-alcoholic spirits specifically from seed lip is a uh, producer that's putting out a bunch of these. I, I think they've got a gin, a rum, and I want to say, I think it's just a gin and a rum. But I've had I've had a couple of their stuff, their their things, and they're not cheap. They're like thirty two bucks a bottle of non alcoholic booze, and I've had some of the mocktails made with them. And you would think that you were drinking alcohol, so you still kind of get that oral fixation. It's it's almost like like we were talking about before the show started, switching from cigarettes to a vape pen to where you're trying to wean yourself off. But at the same time, I don't think it has that same stigma of like, you know, this is only for non-drinkers. Even even the guys from Alinea, you guys know the restaurant Alinea in Chicago, one of the most revered restaurants in all of America, you know, three Michelin star. Uh, 
they have a bar called the Aviary, which has super high-end cocktails. They just put out a uh, cocktail book. I, I want to think, God, I, I'm going to look it up, but I'm 90% sure it's called Zero. And it uh, it's an entire book of non-alcoholic beverages. This is a giant trend going on in my industry. Yes, it's called Zero. Um, it's a new approach to non-alcoholic cocktails, 250 pages of non-alcoholic cocktails, but like non-alcoholic cocktails Now we're not, we're not talking about like, Hey, it's a non-alcoholic bloody Mary. It's VA juice and Worcestershire. Hey, let's have that. No, it's like a full on cocktail. It's got bittering agents. It's got syrups. It's got tinctures. It's, you know, people really thinking about these cocktails and, putting them out there to say it's okay to not drink sometimes. Um, I think that a lot of this targets, I, I, I feel like it targets a lot of people in the industry. Um, there is a huge portion of the food and beverage industry that has addiction problems as far as, you know, alcohol or drugs, things like things of that nature. And this is something for us to do outside of the industry that, or when we get outside of work to where we can still go hang out with friends and we'll have like, you know, a zero proof cocktail, but we're still in the same setting, the same social setting, because we don't know what else to fucking do besides go to a bar or restaurant. And at 2 AM, there's nothing else to do, but go to a bar. So it's 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 a trend that I've seen coming down the the, the path for I gotta say at least ten years, but we're at a point now to where yeah we're actually seeing full fledged bars opening up that are zero proof, which is it's it's kind of crazy. Uh, I don't know how long that trend will stay around, but I do see a place for like the zero proof um, spirits to hang around for a little while. I could see you know bars having two or three mocktails on their menu for a while. Um, but I don't know about a full bar like you're talking about. I'm really interested in how these taste now. Like if, if you're having like a, say a rum, like an alcohol free rum, like how do they make it taste like rum? Because a big part of that taste is the alcohol. Well, so that's, that's one of the things too. Like from the alcohol, like I said, I've had that rum and that gin and it tastes like rum and gin. It just has no alcohol in it at all. It still has, it still has that, that burn, I guess. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. But, uh, now I feel like I need to try it just, just as a, uh, definitely try it. Like grab a bottle of seed lip. I think I sell it at specs. Yeah, I don't know if I want to buy a whole like thirty dollar bottle. <laughs> it's worth it. It's it's worth checking it out. I mean, it's it, it yeah. expands your mind. It makes you think something different. You know, make yourself a, just a gin and tonic with it. But man, I think it's worth a try. But EJ isn't. So again, this is coming from me, and I'm not in the industry. So forgive me for this. But isn't part of you know having a bar and maybe part of the reason that this concept might not last is that. People at the bar generally, the more they drink, the more they spend. Um, so I mean, isn't that going to kind of lack from this concept where you're not buzzed, you're not drunk? So, so kind of, but I mean, the way I see it is, non-drinkers 
still want that social aspect of their life. You know, if you've stopped drinking, if you're just not that into alcohol and your industry or, you know, if, if you don't drink and your friends all drink and they're going out at, you know, 11 p.m., what else are you going to do? Are you going to go and just have a vodka or sorry, are you just going to have a soda cranberry or like, you know, are you going to drink a tonic water with a lime? It's it's kind of shitty that you don't get that many options. And it's kind of cool that they're offering these mocktails, these like alternative methods to people that don't like alcohol. Um, or as we're talking now, like the, the zero proof spirits to where at one point in your life you did like alcohol, but maybe you liked it a little too much. You know, I, I think there's a place for it, but an entire zero proof bar, I... I'm skeptical on seeing how long that lasts. Yeah. Now, zero-proof cocktails at a bar, I could see that sticking around. I could see those being somewhat of a moneymaker. I could say, you know, if if there was a bar in town and I had quit drinking, which, God help me if I ever do, I, I you know, I might go to a bar specifically because they've got five or six cocktails that are targeted for me. To go and still hang out with friends at you know one a.m. and not have to sip a diet coke with lime. I can definitely see that more so than just a bar, a zero proof, zero proof bar. You know, yeah, yeah. no alcohol. You know, there's no alcohol. Now, if basically. they stay busy, that's that's fucking cool. That's really cool yeah. if they can, because more power to people that can go out and keep an establishment full that's that has zero booze but even even when we were in bands trying to get people to shows that we were playing that had no alcohol was almost impossible yeah i remember telling people like oh sometimes we'll get a 24 pack in the parking lot but they don't sell booze there and they'd be like what the fuck i'm not going to that shit <laughs> but they got some nice coffee drinks. <laughs> they, they have balls energy drink. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I don't know how long that would really last. I, I do see a place in so- society for the zero proof booze. I wish them well and I hope they turn a profit. The zero proof bars, that seems scary and expensive. Yeah. I'll say. One interesting aspect that I'm thinking about is like, I feel like cocktails in general are a a way of trying to make just like this drinking booze, like the straight up liquor more palatable, you know, like add something sweet to it, you know, mix it with something else. Kind of. I I feel like that's probably how it started, but at the same time, you know, it's turned into something different with like mixologists. yeah, Yeah, for sure. Like, oh yeah. It's kind of like, hey, at one point, you know, we had raw meat that was spoiling, and then we realized that if we cooked it, it tasted all right, and it was more palatable, and it held a little longer. And then we decided to open Michelin star restaurants to where we were doing, like, all this crazy manipulation of the food. You know, I, I, I see what you're saying, though. Yeah, and now it's like, now we're doing the same thing without even having alcohol in it, you know, just kind of... I feel like that would be more so for people that were drinkers that aren't anymore. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
people who still want to kind of kind of taste like they're having a gin and tonic or, or something like that. I know if I were to stop drinking right now, I, I still love the fucking taste of bourbon. I still love the taste of gin. I would go out and mm-hmm. I would have one of these zero proof cocktails that tasted like gin. Guys, so in the show in the next few weeks, we should do zero proof drinks. Three dudes mm-hmm. with no booze. And but we can still have booze, right? Like, yeah, sure. We'll have both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We should do we should do a zero proof cocktail day. I wonder if they sell them in the little bottles or you have to buy a big bottle. I don't bottle. think so. I think you, know? you have to buy the 750, yeah. I'd love to buy just like a few, you know, a few different types of, of small bottles just to try them out. That'd be cool. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think that's interesting. I definitely, it's just something that I want to try. Just to it, see it, For it's sure, like. it's interesting. And, it's, and it says a lot about our society too. It's it's more than just, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty big movement. Um, and, you know, Denver is definitely... A spot that I, you said it was in Denver, right? It's in Colorado. Let me tell you for sure if it's Denver. Um, it would make yeah, sense that it was in Denver. It Denver. I think it is Denver. Yeah, they drink a lot of booze in Denver. Yep, it is Denver. I say all this about these zero-proof cocktails as I'm pouring myself some Old Rip Van Winkle into a shot glass. So, so like, this no. is the bar is called Awake Awake Denver. That's because you won't black out because there's no booze. Um, oh, <laughs> all right, Stephen, you want to take us right. home? Yeah. Well, guys, as we approach the end of the show, um, we talked about laughing in tough times, shared some memories and opinions about favorite comedians, TV shows, and movies. And Matt brought up a nice article discussing a zero-proof bar concept in Denver, Colorado. As always. We'll be back next week with another show. And for everyone listening, be sure to go on our Instagram page and follow us for content and each new show's release. And lastly, you can hear us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts, I believe. Yes. So until next week, take care, and we'll talk to you soon. EJ, Matt, thanks for being here once again. Hasta la vista. Peace out. See ya. But they have like the, the push creamer machines. Like you push a button and it just spurts up. <laughs> Damn it. And um. <laughs>